and welcome back to SEMA's podcast, Y'all Ready for This, where we talk about all things emergency preparedness to make sure that you and your family are ready for any type of natural or man-made disaster right here in Chatham County. This week, we are joined by one of the busiest people in Chatham County, so I am so grateful to have her with me today, and that is Ginger Heidel with the Coastal Health District. Ginger, thank you so much for being here. Sure, sure. I'm glad to be. It's always good to be with you. Absolutely. And you guys, welcome back Sakili Johnson, our Disaster Preparedness Vista, who's going to be my co-host today to talk about all things hurricane registry. So we're talking about the hurricane registry for those with functional access and medical need. That is a very long name, a very long title. Ginger, let's get right into it. What in the world is the hurricane registry for those with functional access and medical needs? And why are we going to talk about it? Sure, it's definitely a mouthful, but we shorten it sometimes to just call it the hurricane registry. And basically it is a list kept by the county health departments in all the counties along Georgia's coast, which of course includes Chatham County. And it's a list that we keep of people who are gonna need some special assistance if we have to evacuate before a hurricane. So, you know, we're talking about people who may have certain physical challenges, they may have mental conditions or some medical challenges that would make it hard for them to evacuate with the general population. And we don't want these people to be left behind. And so the hurricane registry is there as a last resort for people who have really no other way to, to leave before a hurricane. Um, let me start by saying who this is not for, because I do think there is some confusion about this. And so I just want to get it kind of clear out in the open. This is not for people in hospitals and nursing homes and assisted living facilities, because those people will follow their facilities plan. You know, if, if you have a loved one who is in a nursing home, that nursing home has an evacuation plan. If, if they are in a senior care assisted living facility, there is an evacuation plan. But there is a segment of our population who, you know, they live at home, they can manage at home, given certain accommodation, or maybe they've got home health care. And so they're fine at home, but in an evacuation, they would need assistance getting out because of the challenges that they have. So in a nutshell, that is what the hurricane registry is. It's for people who've got no other way to get out, have some special challenges and need some special accommodation to be safe. Wow, it seems like it's a really important service that we would definitely want to provide to some of the most vulnerable residents in our community. Thank you. Absolutely. And can you define what functional access and medical needs are for our listeners? Sure, sure. So let's start with the functional access needs. And somebody who has functional access needs, that would be someone who could be housed in a shelter as long as they had some special accommodation in the shelter. So it can be a child or an adult, so not just adults here. And it's somebody who needs assistance with tasks of daily living. So what do I mean by tasks of daily living? That would be something like they need help with eating or taking medication. Perhaps they need help dressing. Uh, they might need help communicating. They may need help um, getting up off the bed and into a chair and back down. They may need help going to the restroom. Um, they might need special bathroom facilities. They might need a special cot that's not so low to the ground. So these are people who, you know, they've got some challenges, some things that you know, they need some, some assistance with, but they could be in a shelter as long as someone's aware of these challenges and prepared to help them meet these challenges. That would be an example of someone who would be on the functional access registry. 
Now the medical registry that um, is probably a little bit easier to parse out. You know, that's somebody who you know can live at home in normal times, but if they had to evacuate, they would not be able to just go to a shelter. They would need to go to more of a healthcare facility and have a trained medical professional who could assist them. Um, so I've got some notes here of some examples of, you know, somebody maybe who relies on IV medication. There could be someone who is on a respirator and they can be on a respirator at home, but if they were to lose power and, you know, it could be a, a real um, danger for them. So somebody like that might need to go to a healthcare facility because they need medical equipment that really wouldn't be appropriate in a shelter environment. So someone like that would need to be on the medical registry. Now you don't have to know which one you are. You're not applying for one or the other. The way it works is if you feel like you probably should be on the hurricane registry, we'll talk to you, evaluate your specific case and then say, okay, um, you know, we agree that, that you're gonna need this assistance and we're gonna put you, um, you know, in, our, in our medical registry or we're gonna put you in our functional access registry. So don't get too hung up on the terminology. That's kind of our job. We'll just um, you know, learn more about your specific situation and help determine where you need to go. Awesome. So it sounds like there's almost like a divide within this registry. So there's this functional and access side, and then there's this medical side. So right. for this question, let's think just specifically about this functional and access needs. What does it look like when we go to evacuate? How does transportation work once they get put on this registry and where are they going to go? Right. So the first thing that will happen is if, if you're approved to be on the functional access registry, then when we see that a storm has potential of coming here several days before that storm might arrive, you'll get a phone call that says, hey, um, you know, there's, we need you to be aware, there's the storm, start to prepare, get ready. And then as we continue to watch the forecast, obviously working with SEMA very closely on, um, you know, what those predictions are and whether or not there may be an evacuation, then we'll also follow up with that person, make sure that they still need to be on the registry. It could be that, you know, whatever their issue was has resolved, or maybe they've got some other way that they're going to evacuate. Um, but we'll confirm that they still need our assistance evacuating. And then if an evacuation is called for, then you'll get another phone call that says, okay, here's when you should expect to be picked up. Um, you will get um, picked up from your home and transported to a local gathering area. And from there, you'll be taken to an inland shelter. Uh, we can't say exactly where the shelter is going to be. It will depend on um, the conditions. It will depend on who can assist us. Um, and, but it'll you know, likely be several hours away. It'll likely be a gymnasium type setting. So it's not a, a hotel, it's nothing fancy, but it'll be safe. And that's the important part. So you expect to have a cot, expect to have meals, um, expect to have restroom facilities. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not the Ritz, but, you know, as we said, it would be a lot safer than staying at home if an evacuation order has been given. Right. All right. So what does placement and transportation look like for those who have medical needs? Okay, the medical transportation does look a little bit different because people who have medical needs, um, if you remember, are, are likely going to some type of healthcare facility, not to a shelter. And some of sometimes these people would not be able to be transported like in a bus, um, mm -hmm. for example. So someone who has medical needs, initially it would start the same. You get a phone call notification that says, hey, begin gathering your things and getting ready. 
and then um, you know, we confirm that you still needed transportation. And then um, if an evacuation is ordered, you would get a phone call to say when you're gonna get picked up. When you're picked up, it would likely be by ambulance or some you know, similar appropriate type of vehicle that would take you to an inland healthcare facility. Again, we don't know exactly where, it depends on a lot of different factors. Um, one thing that I think is important to note is if you are going to a shelter, if you're on that functional access list, um, then we ask if you uh, can to bring a caregiver, someone who could you know, be there in the shelter to help you out with some things if you need it. Um, but if you are going to be on the medical list, you can't travel with a caregiver, unfortunately, because if you're going to a healthcare facility, they can't house you know, a companion. And so just make sure that if you do end up on the medical registry that you've got plans for your, your caregiver so that he or she can evacuate as well. And of course, this is all stuff that we would discuss with you during the application process. But I think it's important to note that the anyone who's on the medical registry will be evacuating, um, you know, alone and the companion will need to make their own uh, evacuation plans. You know, that brings up a really good point talking about what people should bring with them, who they should have with them. What are some items or things that people would want to think about if they're getting ready to evacuate via this process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the important things to do is make sure that you've got your medications and in their original bottles. So if anyone needs to get a refill or has a question about it, we can see exactly what it is. And it's good emergency preparedness 101 to make sure that you don't let that medication get to only a couple of days before you get a refill. And especially during, you know, hurricane season, I think it's a good idea to have you know, some additional medication on hand in case you were, um, you did need to leave and it might be a little while before you could get that refill. So you want to have your medication in original bottles. Um, any other medical supplies that you typically use, such as wound care supplies, ostomy supplies, if you take oxygen, then you want to bring those supplies with you. That will be important to have with you. So things that you keep at your home, um, you know, prepare to take them with you. Um, I hate it if I forget when I'm traveling to bring a cell phone charger, <laughs> but um, you know, if you're going to be evacuating and you're going to be away for a while, I'm sure you're going to want to be in touch with people and, and they'll want to be in touch with you. So cell phone and charger would be good to bring, you know, comfort item like a book or a favorite pillow would be good to bring. And then contact information. You would want to bring contact information for emergency contacts or family that's not with you, but also for your doctors. You know, if you end up being um, evacuated for a lengthy time, it may be important to get in touch with your doctors if a question comes up about your care and you may not have their information right with you. So it's a good idea to have your doctor's contact information. Um, also health insurance cards, advanced directives, durable power of attorney, any of those important documents. Um, some people I know will put those documents in some kind of a, you know, like a plastic container, something they can take with them that's weatherproof, or um, if you're high tech enough, you put it on a flash drive and that way you've just got a small, um, you know, small thing with you to store your, your information on. But those are all things that are important to think about in advance. You don't want to be scrambling around for these things at the very last minute. So, um, you know, it's, it's good to know where those things are and have them ready. So if you do need to put your hands on them, you can do so without a lot of effort. So the hurricane registry sounds like something that people in Chatham County should really utilize. So if somebody is listening uh, knows that they should apply for this or someone that they know should apply for this. How did they do that and when should they do that? The when is a very important point. 
um, now if you haven't already, because the hurricane registry, there's not like a season when we open applications or anything. You know, we'll take applications for the hurricane registry all year. And it's not the kind of thing that you can wait until the last minute to do because it takes a lot of, of time and effort and coordination to make sure that we can transport people, that we know what your needs are, that we know, you know, which registry list you need to be on. All those kinds of things take time. And so, you know, the sooner you can apply for the registry, the better. And um, you really can't wait until the last minute because once we're just, you know, about three days from the arrival of tropical storm force winds, the registry closes. You know, at some point we have to say, okay, here, these are the people that we need to, to take care of, let's take care of them. So if you wait until the last minute, then, you know, we may not be able to help you. So uh, you definitely want to go ahead and, and take care of that application. And so I'm going to give out a couple of phone numbers and web and a web address. So, you know, if you're listening and you want to jot this down, now is a great time to grab your, your pencil and paper um, so that you can take this down. So uh, we have a telephone number, a hotline that you can call and that starts the process for you. Um, someone will take down some basic information about you, your situation, your county, and then get that information to um, one of our staff members who can then go over the full application with you and help see if you qualify. So that hurricane registry hotline telephone number is 1-833-243-7344. I'm gonna say it one more time. It is 1-833-243. 243-7344. Now, if you are computer savvy and you prefer to um, do it that way, uh, then there is a web address where you can download the application and you could fill out the application, you print it, fill it out and mail it into the health department or bring it by the health department and we'll review the application. So the web address is GACHD. So that's like GA as in Georgia, CHD as in Coastal Health District. GACHD.org slash registry. So GACHD.org slash registry will get you some more information about the registry and also will take you to an application that you could review and download and, and print and mail in. Um, but again, it's important that if you think a loved one, a neighbor, someone in your church, a family member, a friend, or yourself may need to be on the registry, now is really the time to take care of this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Ginger, I feel like people are pretty used to going to that GACHD.org at this point. Um, we have yeah. heard it for the last year and a half, and I think we'll continue to hear it for a while. Uh, but make sure that you're heading to GACHD.org slash registry to get you to the right place. All right. Is there anything else that you think is important for people to understand about the hurricane registry or that you want them to know about the registry? Sure, this is um, partially registry specific, but also just general good advice. If you have not um, taken care of getting your COVID-19 vaccination yet, I really strongly encourage you to do so. Um, if we were to have a hurricane coming and you needed to evacuate, and this would be whether you might be on the registry or whether you may be um, just going to a general shelter or whether you may be going to a hotel or staying with family or friends who live somewhere inland, I don't think we need to add to the stress of that by also worrying about, you know, infection and coronavirus and all of that. So, you know, it does take some time to build immunity from the vaccine. You know, it doesn't just, you don't get the shot and boom, you're immune tomorrow. It'd be great if that were the case. 
So I think that it would be really important for people to go ahead and take care of their vaccination now and not wait so that if a evacuation um, does happen, then they can be protected. Yeah, that is some amazing advice from a person that I trust very much. And I think you guys should too. She is a wealth of knowledge as always. Ginger, thank you so much for joining us today and for all of the great work that you guys do over at the Coastal Health District. We definitely appreciate it. Well, thank you for the opportunity and the great partnership we've always had with you guys, with SEMA. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to what I hope will be a quiet hurricane season, but it's always better to be prepared. Absolutely. That's why we do podcasts like this, listeners, so that we just go ahead and get it out of the way. We talk about it and then it will never have to use it. And that's exactly why we do podcasts like this. And we talk about it, put it out in the air because it's not going to happen. I'm knocking on like every piece of wood in my office. I feel like I do this every time we talk about it. All right. Thank you so much, listeners, for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next week when we invite Joanne Oni with the Office of Insurance Commission to talk about how you can better prepare yourself and prepare your valuables by purchasing insurance and some of the pitfalls that you might want to avoid. And we're going to get all into the nitty gritty and all of the details. So be sure to join us. We'll see you then. Thanks, guys.